When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on On The Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen, a special visit from Bears public address announcer Jim Rebant, who is retiring at the end of the season, a season that will see the Chicago Bears out of the playoffs, but Jim should have been in the playoffs and is a Hall of Famer. Also, Ethan Blumenthal, Mitchell Trubisky, movies, comedies, dramas, somehow they are all intertwined, we will explain. On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen starts right now. Jim Rebant started with the Bears in 1979. I loved him then. I love him now. The man... You, Jim, have been incredible. Sports fans in Chicago, Bears fans, have absolutely loved the soundtrack of your games at Soldier Field, the old Soldier Field, the new Soldier Field, the spaceship, wherever it's been, they have loved you. Jim, you've been a credit to Chicago. We appreciate you taking time to be on On the Mark. Congratulations on just a phenomenal career. We just got out of a timeout. Jim, you're supposed to say On the field. (laughs) Jim Revant. The public address announcer for your Chicago Bears and the DePaul Blue Demons. And the news came out a little bit ago, not a little bit ago, being the last month or so, that Jim is retiring at the end of the year. Started with the Bears all the way back in the late 70s. And so I guess 40 years is enough. Uh, Jim, you're going to be missed, number one, before we get into your journey. Thank you for everything you've done for Chicago sports fans. You're a a straight-up beloved figure in the city. Oh, thanks. That's really kind. I've had so much fun doing the games, uh, the interaction with the crowd, the buying into my shtick, if you will. It was fun from the first game, and I got three more games to go, and I hope the fun continues. I know it will. Maybe you can do one more, Jim. Let's dream of a playoff game, although it's a little little dicey dicey right now. More than awesome. Yeah, no question. So how did you fall into this gig back in 1979? Let's go all the way back. I started my PA career with the DePaul Blue Demons men's basketball team in the 77-78 season. And that year they went to the Elite Eight and lost to Notre Dame when Dave Corzine was injured. So the next year, Mark Aguirre came along and they made it to the Final Four and lost uh, to Larry Bird, which set up the game that uh, gave college basketball a boost beyond 
all others, the Indiana State-Michigan State game. So at the end of that season, a friend of mine who was one of my clients was a car dealer who had, like many car dealers, a relationship with the Bears in exchange for tickets. They would lend a car to a, a coach or a member of the staff. And his, his guy was Jim Finks, the Bears general manager. So at this gentleman's suggestion, I wrote a blind letter to Jim Finks saying, I don't know if you're looking to replace the PA man, but in my last two years here at DePaul, they're 28-0 and and they made the final four. Well, as luck would have it, uh, I received a letter from Ted Harris, who was the Bears' uh, pro-equivalent of a sports information director, and he said, we're not looking to replace our PA guy, who was Chet Kopik, but we uh, are looking to have a backup. And so the start of the journey was initiated by writing a letter. I forgot that Chet Kopik was the public address announcer for the Chicago Bears. I think Chet Kopik might come back from the grave right now and hit me over the head for saying that. <laughs> Love you, Chet. But that's that's a that's a good memory right there that uh, Chester had that spot and then so you basically, you learned a little bit or at least hung around Chet, I guess. Although maybe when you're the backup, you don't necessarily hang with him. But, I mean, Chet was in that press box for years, so you two had to have developed a relationship. For sure. And um, Chet, uh, he was fine with me. There were two spotters in the booth, and there was room for me to stand. So I stood behind Chet in that first year, and I learned a lot. Um, his, uh, he had a sense of the game. He had terrific timing. He was a little bombastic at times, which lent a little uh, local color, and he had the classic Chicago voice, you know, the Bears, that that staccato, rhythmical approach. And um, he was very entertaining, and uh, he was an infectious kind of guy. And when I was lucky enough to start full-time in 82, part of the concept of what I did was an offshoot of sitting behind Chet. And Chet left because the Bears wanted you or because he was doing more TV at the time? He was used to commute in 79. He was a sports anchor on WISH TV in Indianapolis. And he had famous run-ins with Bob Knight. <laughs> and uh, Chet would drive on the game days all the way from Indianapolis to Chicago to do the game and then would leave thereafter. And he was pretty well assured of getting a job up in Chicago. At the end of the 79 season, he hooked up on WMAQ-TV. In the meantime, there was another gentleman who the Bears were looking at who moved in uh, to do the games in 80-81. His name was Lynn Thornton, and he had worked out of South Bend and had a relationship with Ted Harris the Bears sports guy uh, from his Notre Dame days. When Lynn couldn't do it, I got a call in the spring of 82 from Bill McGrain, who was Jim Finks' right-hand man, and said, literally, kid, you got the chance. Don't blow it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my first regular season game uh, was against the New Orleans Saints. And if you recall, that was the first of two major strike seasons in the NFL, 82 and 87. Yeah. And and there was, before the game, the Bears had lost the road opener to the Lions 
And after the national anthem, there was a solidarity handshake between the New Orleans Saints and the Bears, and Coach Ditka went ballistic on the sidelines because he didn't think it was appropriate to shake hands before a game, especially for the reasons, et cetera. So instead of having a full slate of eight games, there was the strike the day after the game, and I only got to do three games the first year. But I got to tell you, uh, the interest and the excitement and the momentum of, you know, sitting in the booth for three seasons and then getting that call and, you know, as Wayne Larrabee used to say, the dream became reality. You named a bunch of stuff there, Jim. I want to go back to, first off, just about the timing. I think one of the keys to being a good PA guy, and, you know, I tried my hand at it at Northern Illinois uh, back in 99, 2000. They let me do some Northern Illinois football and volleyball and um, a little bit of basketball. But you have to know the game. You gotta, you have to feel it. it there's, a, there's, a, there's a pacing to it that's, that's essential. And that's why I think you got that, which was clearly why Bears fans love you. And Tommy Edwards, who just retired from the Bulls, certainly had that. Harvey Wittenberg over the Blackhawks had it big time. Uh, you, there's just something to it, just where you really just know you have to know the game, feel it, and, and it's almost like you're a fan in the seat, right? Well, that's the one thing that I always wanted to connote without going over the line, that above all, I was a Bears fan. And the ups and downs of the game and the inflection in my voice, when I first started, Jim Finks, the Bears general manager, took me aside. His booth was right next to the PA booth. We were in a Quonset hut, literally, on top of the old press box at Soldier Field. And he said, always remember, keep respect to the visiting team. Do what you can to be what you think you should be, but never be disrespectful to the other team. But then the footnote was, I don't want you using the first names of any of the Bears players. And that was sort of perplexing to me. And I didn't know if maybe he thought the running backs would get first names, but the tacklers wouldn't. And he wanted to keep everyone on the same plane. I really don't know. But uh, he left a couple years after I started. Then on my own, I start using first names. But um, like you said, you really have to understand the ebb and flow of the game. And at certain points, certain plays are more important than others. And to get the crowd into the game, you feel it. And as I mentioned, Chet had that, that infectious way where you just know you give it a little extra or a little different intonation in your voice or a different inflection. And I think you sort of, without it's not meant to be boastful. You sort of either have it or you don't. I don't think you can learn it. You just have to feel it. Yeah. And it's part of it. Third you know? and one. Like there's, right. you know, right. come on, man. Yeah. You damn play. Right. <laughs> that um, uh, Greg Miller, who was the producer next to me before uh, the current producer, Letitia Wade, um, he was always nervous that I would go over the top, you know, with that third and one. There's some strict rules about when a PA announcer can talk when the visiting team has the ball. 
And if you know, going to the games, no music can be played when the play clock is down to 20 seconds. And I can't give any type of uh, what influence when the play clock is below 20, but I can give just the down and distance up until 15 seconds. And the game that sticks out was the 2013 last game when um, Rogers hit Cobb, when Chris Conte thought they were in zone coverage and they were in man. Ouch. And we lost the, yeah, we lost the chance to go to the playoffs and I must have said it's fourth and eight, like 11 times <laughs> you know, fourth and eight. And Miller finally, God bless Greg said, would you just relax? <laughs> but you knew, I mean, we're down to one play to beat the Packers to advance to the playoffs. And sure enough, you know, God bless Chris Connie, but Cobb was, there was nobody within 20 yards of him, which was just amazing. And and that 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 moment too, Rodgers pass complete to Cobb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to uh, Cobb, 28 yards and the Packer touchdown. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Jesus. I want to yeah, kill myself. Going right. Yes. Yeah. Up until a few years ago, uh, I used to give the preliminary signal uh, on the – uh, penalties, because if you watch, you can see the officials communicating either with hands or gestures what the call is before the referee get, uh, gives it. So if there was a holding call against the other team and I saw the signal, preliminary signal, holding against the Lions and the crowd would go crazy, well, the NFL officials didn't like me usurping them. So that was a rule put in that PA announcers can't give the preliminary signal. You you changed yeah. the rules, Jim Reman, Bears public address announcer with us here on 720 WGN as we uh, celebrate one of Chicago's voices, and it's great to have you. But that's interesting. You actually made them change the rules because you were getting the crowd involved and the officials didn't want to – maybe if, 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 if that preliminary uh, signal is wrong, then they're going to start booing and we could have a riot on our right. hands. Yeah, thankfully – um, the preliminary signal at times, if it was a holding against the Bears, I wouldn't necessarily give the, the preliminary <laughs> signal. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, also at times when um, it's really a close call, uh, and I would say, you know, stop short of the first down, and they call for a measurement, or I think it's a first down for the Bears and the referees still call out the chain gang. Uh, a couple times I had called the Bears first down, and Jeff Triplett, who was a really he's a big character, a big personality, referee called out for the chain gang. He put the stick down, and it was a first down, and I made the comment, and it's still a first down. <laughs> so I was living on the edge there. That, yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, but, but – uh, it added some local color. It was all in good nature fun. You know, it wasn't being disrespectful, but you gotta, you know, you gotta have fun in the PA. You really do. But again, you have to have deference though. You can't, you don't want to be the show, but you like to add to the show. Was there any offensive lineman that you couldn't stand and holding again? <laughs> yeah, no, I can, no, I never did that. There was a couple of bare offensive linemen uh, about 10, 12 years ago that, I mean, 
oh my lord, they were like turnstiles. Yep. And and uh, no disrespect, but uh, like for example, the last two years, you know, we've missed kicks. Um, obviously, Parky's double doink and Eddie Pinheiro missing the kick against the Chargers. When it's the last play of the game, the kick is no good. I just don't want to say it's no good. It's obvious. Like last year when Parkey hit the upright and then the crossbar, I just took off my headset, even though there was one play to go. You know, they, they had a kneel down. Right. And I said to my spotter, great season. I wish it had gone farther. <laughs> so, you know? Because well, why do you want to, at that point, every is like a, a double dagger in someone's heart. And Eddie Pinheiro is a great young man. And I didn't have the heart, you know, Pinheiro's kick is no good wide to the left. I couldn't say that. Pinheiro's kick. Everyone knew. Everyone knew it was wide to the left. Is no good. And his future as a bear. Final score. Is it? (laughs) Oh, that hurts. Hold. I'm I'm actually curious about the logistics. You wear a headset during the game? I do. In the old soldier field, I didn't have a headset microphone. And the speaker system then uh, was, uh, quite frankly, a bit antiquated. And if I would say, you know, um, Carmen took the handoff, I would have finished handoff and Carmen had not yet come out of the speaker system. With the headset mic at the new soldier field and similarly at Illinois in 2002, it was maybe only a quarter to a half second delay. And so I was able to be more conversational. It's different when you're hearing yourself back at that level to sustain a long sentence or thought because it's just, it, it echoes back and forth too much. Yeah. I mean, I could, and, pu- I could push a button in here and then you would hear yourself back and nobody can, whenever I, whenever that's going on unintentionally, people, I, I can't do this interview right now because it, it's too confusing. Right. Um, and I also have, you know, my spotter uh, is in my one ear and then my producer is in the other ear and the sound man shares the ear with the producer. And then there's um, the music fella who has to talk to the producer. And when they're talking and then Bill, my spotter, Bill Wilkie gives me like the tackler or, you know, uh, uh, who carry kind of affirming what I saw. You have to, Kind of listen with each ear, if you know what I mean. That's, yeah. But it's a challenge, but it's like anything else. If you discipline and, and you know, get used to it, everything's attainable, really. Who did and you... I also keep my own drive chart now, too. Oh, right. Okay. That's a, that's a, lot, yeah. going, that's a lot going on. I used to, yeah, I used to have two spotters. Now I just have one because of the necessity of the booth and the uh, the staff that needs to run the scoreboard, the video board, the ribbons, the coordination. So they asked me, do you think you can do the drive chart? So I've been doing it now for five years, which is fine. So for those who don't understand, Jim, what do you have to do during during the game is just to put the drive chart together so you know exactly what's going on? Correct. So game starts, you know, start the game, Eddie Pinheiro kick off. Who is the Lions return man? Uh, Jamal Agnew is deep for Detroit. So there's a touchback. I have the side of the Lions, you know, down, yards to go, yard line, 
T.O.P. time of possession. So first and 10 at the 25. So the handoff goes to Perkins. He gains two. While I say it, I'm writing it. You know, uh, Perkins gained two, brought down by Kwiatkowski, second and eight at the 27. So then I'm able to give the down and distance in a quick manner, and I don't want to rely on the scoreboard because sometimes we disagree just on the visual. And I would prefer to say it the way I see it. The scoreboard guy does a great job, but it's really tough. The NFL has a peculiar rule. If a ball, let's say you're going forward, and if it's past the hash, even though it's closer to the one that was just attained, you go to the next hash mark. So if the ball is not touching the back end of the hash mark, it goes to the next one. That's where the the ball is spotted for statistical purposes. So stuff you learn after a while. I know it's a technical thing, but it it lends something to the game. No, all that matters. I mean, you can't be getting the, the, you can't get the yard line wrong. People are going to be sitting there in the seats. Like, what are you doing, Jim? They're on the 34. Right. Right. Like the other day, like the game on Sunday, uh, I was so excited at a big loss. I called the loss at the 35 when it was the 45. And you know right away when you make a mistake. So I said, ah, correction. And I kind of had like, oh, you come on, you stupido. So and I said the 45. Uh, and so the crowd got a good laugh out of it. Yeah, and, and that's also you're in relation with the crowd. You're, you're calling yourself out. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, right. Real quick, let's let's. I just want to hear a little basketball thought because, I mean, you got this. I mean, DePaul basketball obviously has been scuffling for a long time. But before Michael, and when they were on WGN TV, uh, before ESPN and whatnot, the Demons were as big as any team in this city. And you were you were sitting right there for you mentioned Mark Aguirre and Ray Meyer and that team. And then you saw. I mean, even in the eighties. You had great players, Rod Strickland, Kenny Patterson, Skip Dillard, just a uh, Terry Cummings, a ton of talent. Yeah, I started in 1977. In the three years at Alumni Hall, the 42 games I did, they didn't lose one. And then combining that with the first four years at the Horizon, the Paul's record was 107-3 and three in the games <laughs> I did. It was just It'll never be duplicated by any team in college basketball again. And um, those games were as exciting. Uh, I grew up in the DePaul neighborhood in the 50s, and my two uncles went to DePaul Academy. They closed the high school in the 60s. And my family was very friendly with the Vincentian priests, and that order runs DePaul. And... um, the genesis of my PA career began with a friendship with my family and the Vincentian priests. And I got to tell you the excitement of that first year in the horizon, the Notre Dame DePaul game on the last Sunday of the regular season, the DePaul ticket manager said, I've had requests for almost 50,000 tickets. I believe it. And they, you know, they jammed 18,000 people in, it was Enberg, McGuire, Billy Packer. I mean, it was just the tension and the excitement. But what I remember most, the 87 NCAA tournament first-round games were on a Friday at the Horizon. And the first game was Temple, who was, like, ranked 
two or three, John Cheney, playing Southern University, who has the greatest collegiate band always. And 11 o'clock on a Friday morning, there was 18,000 people in the horizon, sold out. It's awesome. Just the impact of what DePaul had done to create the interest. And a couple of years earlier, Gene Sullivan with the Alfredra Hughes yeah. team and Carl Goldston uh, got to the Sweet 16 and lost to Georgetown. And and Michael, you know, was just starting to come. He had that 86 playoff year when he scored, what, 63 or something like that against Boston. But like you said, that window from 77 until the Bulls started to win, DePaul was the biggest and toughest ticket in town. And, and people came through blizzards on the, the January night to watch them play, you know, centenary. No disrespect, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was it was everything in Chicago. And who didn't love Ray Meyer? My goodness. Right. The Bulls were averaging, if, if memory serves, and I know it does, they were averaging 6,000 a game at, at the stadium. The Sting were drawing 11,000, and the Hawks, of course, were selling out. And DePaul, right. was, DePaul was Chicago basketball, period, end of story. Uh, and and those teams were just awesome. And I I can remember, you know, I I grew up, uh, my you know, we were in Highland Parks, so we were close to Northwestern, and my my family didn't want to drive out to the Horizon, and they were more professional basketball fans, Jim. But I remember going to an NIT game at Alumni Hall with Northwestern and DePaul. I don't know if you got to call that game, or maybe that was Northwestern's PA guy, but I'm sure you remember that game. Uh, it was 1983. Yeah. Yes. And and the demons won, I believe, by two. If I if, am I am I right about that, or did Northwestern win that yeah. game? Kenny Patterson, yeah, took an inbounds pass and shot it over his head, almost near center court, and it went in. <laughs> Sixty to fifty-eight, if I remember. Sixty to fifty-eight. Yeah. I I just and that I, was uh that was a the only game I've ever worked in sports where the crowd was truly fifty-fifty. It w- half to Paul, half Northwestern. Wow, no, yeah. it was uh, that was one of the most exciting games I did because the the rivalry that really didn't exist, but the fact that the geography made it a special game, and it meant something. It was a tournament, and they're using the beach ball colored ball, the red, white, and blue ball. Yeah, and uh, the, imagine a first round NIT game, and you draw eighteen thousand people. And it was really, it was fun. That that arena was just absolutely phenomenal. It was, old Alumni Hall was the greatest. No question about it. Yeah. You know, the, um, the, the atmosphere, uh, I remember they had the tragedy in the summer of 1979 where the roof collapsed while they were building the Horizon. Wow, I don't remember and that. Okay, Paul had scheduled NBC to play LSU on national television on the premise that it would be played at the Horizon. So the Horizon got delayed till the fall of '80. Well, NBC let the Paul play LSU, or they, you know, consented to it in front of 5,300 fans on Super Bowl Sunday in 1980. The excitement in that building and those people. And on the opening tip, DePaul made a tip lane, acquired, dunked it off the opening tip. 
actually, I thought the building was coming down. I'm not exaggerating. It actually shook, I swear to God. I, no, Those I, are the memories that, you know, you sit back and like to reminisce. That's the top two or three for me. Yeah. All right, let's, let's wrap up with the Bears. Favorite Bear of all time, Jim? My favorite Bear of all time was someone who played um, before I start doing the games. Number 40, Gale Sayers. Wow. I love that. Most ex- most exciting every time. Now, Sayers broke in in 65. I was 15. Every time he touched the ball, I thought he could score. It just, he, no one could cut. No one could change direction and not lose a step. And, and the 65 Bear team was really good. And then he sort of went down and then Gail got hurt in 68. But even when he came back on one leg, he ran for a thousand yards in 69, which was a thousand yards was really rare in the NFL then, but far and away, most exciting football player I've ever seen in person. Yeah. It's funny. My family, they, they basically, and I mean this with as much respect as I can possibly give to 34, but they ruined Walter Payton for me. Because when I was a kid growing up, everyone was saying that, you know, Walter's the greatest football player of all time. And I'd go to right. di- I'd go to dinner and my dad'd be like, No one's better than Gail Sayers. Guy was right. uh, <laughs> that's that was the house that I, and so I would be going in school. I'm, Gail Sayers was better than Walter. Which <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, I came on board in eighty uh two and Walter was in his eighth year then and he still was a diamond factor to catch the ball blocked, but from pure excitement and, you know, breakaway speed and just, just the sense when he, he got the ball, is Gail going to go, you know, Walter was a complete player, but for pure excitement, there was no one quite like number 40. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what will you so miss? Your, your parents were right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. My, I have two older brothers. They're much older than me. They were, I mean, they would say the same stuff and, when Gail got hurt, it was like it, it, it must have been like a death in, in, uh, in the Carmen family. But uh, what, will you, what will you miss most about doing the games, Jim? Um, I think what I'll miss most is the, the game day when, you know, you park, you'd go through security, and everyone, of course, I've been there so long, saying hi to the people that work there, checking in, talking to my friends in the booth, walking over into the press box to have breakfast and you kibitz with like, um, but Brian Bashnagel is usually in there with RoboCop, Jim Thornton, because they are the uniform checkers. And we kind of talk about the week in the game and, and then the bear people in their organization, uh, the journey of the people I've met and the relationships and it's part of the routine of my life. The games are the games. They're really cool. But the people I met, I think I'll miss the most. Yeah, makes sense. Well, yeah. Jim Rebent, Bears public address announcer uh, for three more games and for 40 years in Chicago, one of the, the great voices of the city. It's been awesome to talk to you, Jim. And uh, I I would just say that uh, – I don't know if you're planning on going to games once you retire, but I, 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 you can't, you can't completely stay away, can you? No, I'll go to games next year, especially when it's warm up. 
<laughs> hey, not, football's great on TV, especially in November and December. Well, th- thanks for entertaining us, Jim, and and uh, and thanks for being on tonight. We appreciate it, and congratulations on just an absolutely phenomenal career. Thanks very much. It's been my pleasure. Really appreciate that conversation with Bears public address announcer for a couple more games. Jim Rebant retiring at the end of the year now, bringing in Ethan Blumenthal, who you see, you always attack me for having not seen movies. And just a second ago, Carmen, have you seen Gladiator? No, Ethan, I haven't seen Gladiator. You haven't seen Gladiator? What's wrong with you? Haven't you? And then I say, that's a terrible impression of me, first of all, but continue. Go on. But, but, but then I say, oh, it, it, Gladiator, is it better than Braveheart? And then you whisper, I've never seen Braveheart. Braveheart is way more iconic than Gladiator, dude. Right. Straight up more iconic. Here's, here's what we're going to do, okay? And we'll settle it this way, right? I'm going to look up, all right? Um, which, if you were looking up a movie, which um, metric do you find most useful? Rotten Tomatoes, do you know what I'm talking about? I love this too. Yes, I know okay. what Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> okay. is. I love so, And then they have like Metacritic and then Google. Yeah, go ahead. Go so, any, should pick, we, pick, uh, any, okay. pick any of them. All right, so well, I mean, I think that the best thing to do is to just add them all together, you know, and we'll get, you know, average a- score. Average score? Okay, yeah. Have you done this already? No, I, have, I swear. I swear I haven't. I swear. Okay, let's go. Yeah, on our, on our friendship, Carmen. Would you, want me to, you want me to look up one on its own? Or yeah, can, can, um, I can do it. Oh, you got it? You got it? Yeah. Okay. Braveheart versus Gladiator. I'll do Braveheart. Okay. Yeah, I'm mean, obviously like Gladiator. Okay. Braveheart. Wow. Okay. This, well, <laughs> this is already disappointing for me, but continue. Brave, um, Braveheart. What do I, what'd you put in? Ratings? Just, you just put in the movie. It'll just, it'll just come up on the side there. Okay. I got, I got 77% of Rotten Tomatoes. What do you got? 76%. I'm up by a percent. <laughs> what do you got on IMDb? 8.5 out of 10. I got 8.3 out of 10. I'm up. I'm at one. What do you got on Metacritic? Um, 67. I'm at 68. So it's really... Oh, wait, wait, and then what about Google what you, users? 93%. 93%. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's... Well, I think that I'm actually knocked down because Mel Gibson has just went so sideways in his career. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is he in Gladiator too? Uh, is that no, Russell Crowe? That's, that's Russell Crowe. Yeah, okay. They're the same person. Well, you know, one of Not them. Not really the yeah. same person, but they look the same in these. Uh, Gibson in Braveheart was, an, I mean, he gives a greater performance. Does, uh, does, does, does Gibson not get knocked down for the fact that he's like, uh, you know, Holocaust. an anti-Semite? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you no, know, he, he does. Take, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, he gets a couple knocked down. So I think, I mean, that. considering that we have these ratings that are, I mean, those are kind of unbelievably close. I really did not know. How long is, I mean, how long is Gladiator? Um, it's two hours and 51 minutes. Mine's three hours and two minutes. <laughs> I think I, I, I get nine minutes there straight um, up. No, I think with the shorter is better. I think in no, this no, day no, and no, age, no, people not... couldn't even sit there for two hours and 51 minutes. And seriously, I mean, that should be, how can you watch three hours without going to the bathroom when they played it in theaters? Now that's, that's how good it was. Have well, you ever, have you ever seen, um, have you ever seen Lawrence of Arabia? How many nominees for Academy Awards did yours have? Um, Braveheart has 10. It's a winner of five. Uh, Nominated for ten, winner of five. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Put in reviews, put in reviews, Gladiator Um, reviews. It it looks like a million. It looks like a million. There's Best Actor, Gladiator Awards, we're doing it. Better movie, Gladiator or Braveheart, if you've seen them both, please tweet at me, at the Carm, and I will love you for life. Okay, it was, it won 
one, two, three, four, five Oscars. No, and I got five too. Yeah, and then it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, plus the five that it won. So that's twelve. You said it was nominated for seven. No, you nominated for twelve. Nomin- you sure? Because you sure they're not overlapping? Um, I'm sure. Okay, so yours was nominated for yeah. two more. Okay, that, I mean, that gives you that gives you a slight edge there. Yeah. By the way, the reason that we're talking about this is because we're doing a would you rather, as far as sports te- sports teams, so talking about the Chicago Bears and rooting for this inept so the reason, football franchise. So the reason why I brought it up is because I saw a meme earlier that I can't find anymore. Um, but at the end of Gladiator, I'm spoil this a little bit for you, but I don't care. But you should see it though. Um, but it's okay. It's he. It's it's at the end of the movie, and it. You knew it was going to happen anyway. So he, um, the Joaquin Phoenix, you know, he like comes up to uh, the gladiator, Russell Crowe, uh-huh. and he kind of whispers in his ear. Um, I and like then, Joaquin Phoenix. I saw Walk the Line. Hey, that is a good movie. All right. Uh, there you go. Um, did you watch that with Chelsea? No, that was pre-Chelsea. Really? No. It was a good date movie. I watched it with Ryan Marks, basketball coach, St. Edwards University. <laughs> All right. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Trubisky is... Um, Nagy on the sideline, and then Trubisky got quote unquote hurt. Do you see my my hands here, Carm? Mm-hmm. Quote unquote hurt. Yeah. And you know, Nagy and Trubisky had a, had a moment where they kind of embraced, and they were clearly whispering something, you know. And so, and people were likening that to the scene when um, when Walking Phoenix whispers something into um, Russell Crowe's ear, and then he stabs him in the uh, in the chest, in the stomach. Where in this case, Nagy must have stabbed him in the hip. You see oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you, man. Mm-hmm. You think that Nagy, there's at least a decent chance that he stabbed Mitch Trubisky. With yeah, okay, so this is, this is it right here. So this is actually from Game of Thrones, but the same thing. So this is this from picture from from there, right? And then this is the Game of Thrones where, like, the same thing happened. Yeah. I don't want to spoil that, but that's the same thing that happened in, right. in, uh, in the Gladiator. I'm just right. find that one. So, um, so, so yeah, so, Carm, t- you tell me what uh, what's wrong with Mitch Trubisky's hip. I don't think anything's wrong with his hip. I think he's fine. I think it's his head. It's his uh, head? And, and perhaps his arm. And also his offensive line and his receivers and his head coach. I think that's what's wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. I think it's a seven pronged attack, personally. So, so you know, but I don't I think, think he can play, dude. I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm a big believer in guys go on in baseball, they go on the DL all the time. Um, for the sucking because you know they give up 10 runs yeah. and all of a sudden they, oh they have a little shoulder impingement anytime the word this is a pro tip anytime the word impingement is ever used that's that's bs can we agree on that because that's just a thing that they say when they're like well that's the doctor term and we're going to say it even though he just because he gave up 12 runs i i, I feel you sure absolutely the impingement equals mm-hmm. not hurt yeah so I don't I don't know I didn't read too much about the whole hip thing but I assume somewhere in that diagnosis someone said the word impingement. Well, I think everybody who knows this who's listening to this podcast, but in case you don't, the Bears said that Mitchell Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky said he got hurt late in the second half, and then he was questioned by a reporter. Do you mean second quarter? Right, second quarter, and then apparently he was evaluated at halftime, but somehow, some way, the head coach didn't know. Or if he did know, he then lied about it because he said that Trubisky got hurt in the third quarter. So none of it's adding up. So you've got a quarterback saying he got hurt at one point, a head coach saying he got hurt at another point, a training staff that is apparently evaluating him in the middle, and at the end of the day, the guy just can't play. So you don't have your ducks in a row. you got somebody who smells, and you've got a 4-6 and football team. 
and where do you go from here? Well, Plus, you have a guy that you gave up three, four draft picks for to move up one spot, and you didn't take Deshaun Watson and or Patrick Mahomes. We all know that story a zillion times over. But it's just it's a bad. This is a is a bad emanation of a smell that's Mark Tressman esque wafagating from Lake Forest, Illinois, your home of your Chicago Bears practice facility. I uh, I love to see the pa- passion first of all. What's that? I love to see the passion out of you. You know, I'm hearing a little bit. I mean, it's a little. You're a little. It's it's dead a little bit in there because I, I see that it's just you know the the Bears fan in you is starting to die. Uh, yeah, death. but I, I also I like angry Bears media guy. He's right. kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Like angry right. football commentator. I'm really angry. My life is ruined. The football team sucks. Get a drop of perspective, would you? And I, I know that I, I know that a ton of fans. You live and die with it, and you want the anger and all that stuff, but. I mean, come Don't on. Don't you think that also Trubisky could have done a little bit better job of limping around a little bit on the right. sideline? I mean, can, right. you, can we can a, can a guy limp a little bit? Have you ever seen him, you know, act? You know, I mean, give take a theater class. You, what, I think that should be a requirement for all athletes when they need to fake an injury at some point. Right. Do a Phil Jackson walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, look like you're going to actually need a hip replacement yeah. at some point. Yeah. Jordan, or at least he, put your hand like on the thing and kind of rub it a little bit, like right. uh, and wince. I mean, just all it's it's wincing, it's rubbing, and it's limping. I mean, right. it's not that much. At least do one of those three things. Go to the tent and act yeah. like something's wrong yeah. you didn't even go to the tent or lay down on the bench and have somebody rub you mm-hmm. say you need a massage i got an amazing massage this weekend by the way really strong massage good Pro- professional don't 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 think it was anything that involved adult entertainment okay. just, for your, I just want to clarify that <laughs> all right thanks yeah. for clarifying for yeah. the podcast and i know richard uh in the studio wanted that clarified as well um so i have a i have a quick little would you rather okay, okay great as you know you know it is tough being a bears fan i mean not easy so it's it's not even tough? No, it's not easy. Not easy, yeah. For a million different reasons, outside of the winning and, and losing thing, which you still are a fan of the greatest football team that ever played football, the 1985 Chicago Bears. But think about it from a Bears fan standpoint, in Chicago or around the Avery. Impossible to get to the stadium, can't park, ridiculously overpriced. If you want to take public transportation, you might as well, you, you need a scooter or mm-hmm. something to get you over there yeah. or pre- be prepared for a three-mile walk. And... If you just sit at home and enjoy the game, well, you're not going to enjoy the game because most likely they're going to lose. But continue and, and on. And the kicker is going to is going to kick right and miss the ball and miss and miss the and miss the miss the middle part of the field goal. Feel bad for Eddie Pinheiro. That's right. Try the left. Try the right. Try the middle. Um, so so anyways, so here's my would you rather. Okay, a couple of questions for you. You just answer honestly for okay, me. Okay, Ethan. Yes. Would you rather be a Bears fan or every time you have to go to the bathroom, you had to wait in line at the DMV? Would I rather be a Bears fan or would I, every time I, I want you to think about how much that hurt. I want you to think about every time I ask this question, I want you to think about uh, Cody Parkey's kick going off the first post and then off I the think second the DMV, post. I think the DMV is worse. Okay. I, I can't, st- I can't right. take the DMV. Right. I, all the numbers beeping and, and the line and I'm staring. I'm, I'm looking over everyone. Mm-hmm. How is it taking you this long? You know when you get up to the front there, you present your old driver's license. This is not, it's, it's like somebody in line at Starbucks. How is it when you get your eight deep, mm-hmm. when you get up there and the, you order your thing and then you go to your wallet because you got to pay? How do you not know that you yeah. got to pay? What did you think they were going to give it to you for free? Maybe this is the time. You never know. I hear you. I, I will say that I haven't actually been to the DMV in a long time when I had to re- renew my license whenever that was recently. Um, you just send in a form and then they just send it. They just sent me a new license. What? Yeah, it was awesome. You just got it in the mail and have to wait in line for anything. The internet, man, it's crazy. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, I, all right, we'll move on to that the, was uh, the, yeah. I didn't know that was a possibility. Yeah, yeah. We'll look into that next time someone tells you you have to go to the DMV. Okay. Um, would you rather be a Bears fan 
or never be able to eat avocados again. Mm. I love avocados. I, I mean, I, you, I, does I, anyone I, not loving a good avocado? I, I, I would, I would give up the bears for avocado. I, because it's not just the avocado. It's the guacamole. Right. Oh, no, of course. Right. But I, but I like straight avocado. Yeah. I mean, little yeah. spoon and avocado. Really? Nothing else. Nothing else. Zero. Love it. And the thing is, is avocado is one of those things that basically any savory thing, it, it, it enhances. Right? Can you think of any savory thing where you're like, putting avocado wouldn't make it a little bit better? I don't love avocado on a burger. I love it on a chicken what? sandwich. I don't love it on a burger. How could... Because a burger needs to be God. meat... Ketchup, go. cheese, onion. That's it. Go you start watch Gladiator and the, put avocado on a hamburger. The whole what fried egg and mm. bacon. Now I'll eat it. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. But you're 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 really messing with the taste of a good burger. Okay. All right. I'm just that's, an old school burger guy. That's that's fair. Um, I do think no, that I avocado go eat a is, is right good. Now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, avocado. It, it, it does add a similar texture to the cheese, and it's kind of adding a similar it's a, fattening it's, 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 element. It, they were not meant to go together. Okay. All right. It's that's like, that's a fair take. It's a fair take. Um, but you wouldn't. You can't forego avocados for being avocado a, on a chicken yeah, sandwich. Yeah. Avocado straight. Yeah. Avocado with a chip. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. I hear no, you. No, I'm with you. All right. Um, would you rather be a Bears fan or never be able to watch another movie again? I mean, come on. Uh, with the now, there's a lot of good TV shows out there. You can watch sports, you can watch whatever, yeah, but, but, but you can't ever watch a movie again. Right, but they're making movies so easy for you now. What's that new one coming out on Netflix at the end of the month? Did you see those ads? Looks phenomenal with Pesci and uh, no. De Niro and all those guys. No. What's the, you didn't see that? No, if it's good, I'll watch it, and you won't, and then we'll talk about how... Have we ever seen... Do you think we've ever seen the same movie before? Uh, I mean, I think we've seen... Have, you've seen Ordinary People, obviously. Um, no? I've seen... Have you, you've seen Rocky, people. right? The uh, Irishman is what I'm talking about. Have you seen uh, Rocky? You haven't uh, seen Rocky? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. The dude... I get called out for... I'm talking to Richard right now. <laughs> I, I get called out for not seeing movies. This, this guy hasn't seen... Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3. None of them? I've seen Creed. I saw Creed with Michael B. Jordan, the recent one that this came out. This is really just... The, okay, how about uh, Midnight Run? You seen Midnight Run? No. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't see Midnight Run? I don't even know what that is. I don't Robert even, I mean, De Niro, Rocky, Charles Grodin? No? No. Richard, have you seen Midnight Run? Haven't seen Midnight Run. But I've seen... Generational I mean, Gap. Have you seen Platoon? Haven't seen Platoon. All right. How about... Uh, let, let's... Have you seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Haven't seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right. Have you seen Terms of Endearment? Haven't seen Terms of Endearment. Have you seen any movie that was produced pre-1994? Absolutely. Short yeah. Circuit? That's, 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 a, no. A, that's a no. How about... How Listen, about one of my favorite movies of all time How about is, Mystic River? Have you seen Mystic River? Haven't seen Mystic River. Are you just putting two words together right now? Because I've literally never even heard of any of these things. You, you've never seen Mr. River? No. Sean Penn. How about Fast Times at Ridgemont High? You haven't seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This is, this is, this is, are you serious? Is that, you having, I'm serious. Are oh you having my, fun right now? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about, how, how about, uh, let, let me, let, let's go. Yeah. How, how, okay. How about The Departed? Have we seen The Departed? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's quality, quality okay. movie. I, I'm, yeah. I'm beating you on food yeah. films. I, I officially. Well, I mean, I don't want to, you no, know, you can call do your, your no, age you, gap here, but um, you, know, you got like, you got like 20 years on me almost. Doesn't feel like that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, but but the movie. But I think this is a this is when you really see it because. Can you play tennis Thursday night? Um, I'm actually already playing tennis. I'm already playing tennis. Yeah. Thursday. It's, uh, Sorry, man. It's okay. No I'm problem. Actually, I actually got a tennis date with my uh, my brother in uh, today. Really? Yeah, a couple hours with David. 
Daniel. Daniel. But yeah. What's yeah. the other one's name? David. Oh, so yeah, did we, I did have it right. Yeah, I did. you did have it right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. One, uh, two, one more, last one. Okay. Yes. Would you rather be a Bears fan or have Miles Garrett hit you over the head with your own helmet once a year for the rest of your life? Way rather be a Bears fan. Okay. That, one, that one I meant. Yeah. I'm not, it's not that painful. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Although Mason Rudolph looks fine. I mean, he was. He, he didn't even, nothing you know. happened. He was fine. He came right back at him. The punishment fit the crime. One year's too much, man. Uh, f- four games, lost his mind in the minute, in the middle of it. I'm not trying to defend the guy too much, but I also think, like, okay, let's move along. Yeah. But that was, it was a rough day for Mason Rudolph after throwing four picks and getting sacked like 75 times. Wasn't a great day. It wasn't, but he still, <laughs> that, was, that was rough. But, but, he, but he proved to have maybe the best cranium in all of the oh, NFL. 100%. Right? Yeah. He's, going, he's, uh, he's first team all cranium, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and we haven't heard any lingering concussions coming out. No. He's, and he also got knocked out earlier in the season. You saw that. Yeah, that was, was the scariest thing that right, I've seen about, probably on a football field maybe if ever. You, if you had seen one floor over the cuckoo's nest, uh-huh. you would – um, I'm sorry. Actually, if you had seen Easy Rider, I'm assuming you haven't seen Easy Rider. <laughs> I have not. Yeah. yeah. Then you would, like Rudolph, when they took off the, the face mask on the helmet, you uh-huh. would have seen Jack Nicholson, who looked exactly like Mason Rudolph when the helmet was off. But you haven't seen that movie. So can you give so. me, just give me, give me three movies. Yeah. Right? Uh, you named like 37,000 movies. The top three now. that I think you should just, see? Yeah, that, that I haven't seen. What do you that? like watching? Do you want drama or do you want action? Or 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 a comedy? Do you? I'm I mean, a big I, drama I like, guy. I like, I, like, I like all. I mean, I like you know. Listen, so I I didn't say this before, but my favorite movie. I'm sure we've talked about this. Is my cousin movie, my cousin Vinny. Okay, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, it's one. Of my, it's it's top I mean, it's a, like three for me. It's I think a little it's lightweight, av- but it's a great movie. Okay, I mean it's a comedy, and I love that movie. I mean, listen, I love Pulp Fiction, The Godfather. You've seen the. I've seen yes, 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 and I that's have. great movies. Okay, yes. um, Goodfellas. Love Goodfellas. Goodfellas, fantastic. Okay, so I'm gonna based yeah. upon what you okay. just yeah. laid out, mm-hmm. I think you should go see Midnight Run today, and let me know how that Midnight goes. Run. Midnight Run. Okay, I'm putting it down. You see me writing it down. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Run. Can you? Can I get a little a synopsis um, for all the all the millennials Do you like out there? Um, yes. Okay, course. so it's a comedy that's got some moral fiber to it, which is what I would say with is my cousin Vinny. Okay. Like it's, right. it's there's a there's a drop of. You know, you're rooting for somebody in the story. Mm-hmm. You're going to be rooting for someone in Midnight Run, mm-hmm. for or and or against. Yeah. And and De Niro is it's it's hysterical. It's a little a little slapstick at times, mm-hmm. but there but it's 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 good stuff. And you've got Mosley. Yeah. Mosley is a very strong character. All right. I, I, I'm Mosley. I'm looking uh, looking forward uh, looking forward to that. And then I mean, will you really watch it? What's, I will really watch it. I mean, well, it depends how easily access. I assume it'll be on one of the seven Hulu Netflix things. Oh, it's there, buddy. It's, I'm sure it is, it's right? It's there. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list and I'm watching it. Okay, hundred percent. But right. you, um, I mean, I can't think of. Have you ever seen? Okay, let's see. Have you seen Wedding Crashers? Yes, but have only s- bits and pieces. <laughs> so you haven't seen it. Have you seen Superbad? No. Okay. So Superbad to me is probably it's the comedy of my generation, and I think it's it's one of the I best movies I've of all time. Um, and I, I mean, I, and I mean, it's definitely like one of the okay, top I'll five watch comedies I'll of watch all time. Superbad. But I also think that probably more up your alley might be Gladiator. Gladiator is a really good movie. Richard Gladiator. 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 And he's never seen Superbad. Superbad. Eh. What? See, I knew it. I, I don't, don't even. You know, I don't, I Richard don't like, and I used to be best friends, and now we're just not. I'm just not into like really dumb movies that people think are funny. Like I, I like I have seen something. I'm not just people. It's me, Carm. Something. Okay? Ab- uh, no offense. Something about Mary. Not funny. Bad I, movie. Oh, I've seen that movie. Stra- okay, it's yeah, it's it's straight bad. Yeah. Okay, all right. You well, know. what's your favorite comedy? 
Favorite comedy? Not a big comedy guy. What's it? I, if I'm going to see comedy, I want to go see a stand-up. I want to go see Jerry Seinfeld at Chicago Theater or something like that. Okay. Uh, you know, co- right. what's your favorite comedy movie? It would probably be... Um, oh, wait. Have you seen Glorious Bastards? I love Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Well, that's, that's a comedy? I, no, it's not. A, I mean, but it, there's a lot of comedy in there, though. I thought it was hysterical when he was shooting up everybody in the in, in the in the in the basement when he was trying to hide. That was hysterical. When, <laughs> are you when, when Aldo Lieutenant Aldo Rain? Are we? I will fi- he's not hilarious. Aldo the Apache. You talk about. Well, hold yeah. on a second. Are you saying? I mean, the whole that thing Brad, Brad is Pitt a satire. Was, yeah, Brad Pitt's a hilarious character in that movie. It's the funniest character. One of my favorite. Go characters kill some time. Nazis. Yeah. See, I, it's it's too close because to home this for me. Business is a booming. Yeah, I mean, it's a little <laughs> close to home, but it's uh, that's I think I find the movie hysterical, and it's also I mean, it's a drama, it's a dramedy. I was super. Tr- tr- this, there's a ton of death in there. Yeah, that's okay. That's no, no, no. That's I, you know, I, I okay. I, I so so okay. Well, Inglorious Bastards, but um, my favorite comedy is probably My Cousin Vinny, Wedding Crashers, right up there, and Super Bad, right up there. I love My Cousin Vinny. If you're gonna consider okay. that a comedy, I, I almost would say. What the hell is My Cousin Vinny if it's not a comedy? Hey man, they were in jail. I, there was yeah. a real concern People that they were going to stay in jail and be. They were going to stay in jail for the rest of their life. Yeah, but did you laugh? Yeah, I laughed. Yeah, so but it's I, a comedy. But, but yeah, but okay, I don't consider like comedy to me is like slapstick bad. Yeah, but like, it doesn't have to be bad. So you you just associating comedy with bad. It just my cousin Minnie's good. It's a comedy. Hang on a second here, just just for the record okay. before you go. Yeah, put yeah, my cousin Vinny. And if it says it's Top not a comedy, then it's wrong, and I hate 10 it. Ten comedy. What rating is my cousin Vinny? What, hold on a second. ATVs. They put it. It's number sixteen as comedies. Okay, fine. <laughs> they put it. It's it's a comedy. Yeah. It's rated as a comedy. Yeah. It's a comedy. I I mean this is the this is the worst take you've ever had. That my cousin Vinny is not a comedy. That doesn't even. Where where are we right now? I mean, is this Hang what on. kind of universe are we in? I, I I just you know it, it was serious. These guys these guys were gonna go to death. Is my cousin Vinny a comedy? Still. Richard's shaking his head. He's embarrassed for you. It's, it's, Richard, have you seen my cousin Vinny? It, yes, and it's clearly a comedy. Yes, he's shaking his head. He just my gave me the look Vinny that's a is a 1992 American believe. comedy. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's my favorite comedy. My cousin <laughs> Vinny. That's my favorite comedy. Right. Hold on a second. Let me do just do top ten comedies. Okay. Top ten comedies of all time. This is good podcast material yeah. <laughs> right here. Thank you for sticking around. The top 25 best comedies of the 21st century. I, I'll bet you I hate 10 of them. Okay. Guarantee. Right. Um, what is, 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 is Karate Kid a comedy? No. Okay. okay. I mean, I mean Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Juno is a, considered a comedy. How the hell is that a comedy? Yeah, it's not a comedy. She's pre-pregnant. She's having all sorts of feelings. It's not a comedy. But you can have that and still be a comedy, but I don't. That movie was, you know, it was okay. But are you, are you just? I'm just going. Oh, brother, yeah, we're out. The best in show. Never seen it. I, you've never seen Best in Show? No. I love Best in Show. That's a but comedy. Okay. That's hysterical. That's okay. probably my number one comedy. Okay. All I right. love. I. Okay. Um, Borat is a comedy. Okay. <laughs> Borat's hysterical. <laughs> I'll take. Yeah. Borat fits. Yeah. That to me is a comedy. Welcome to On the Mark, where we define for Carm what a comedy is. He's well, trying to figure it out. Well, how guys. is Juno a comedy? I listen. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but you know, Michael Cera's a funny actor. Um, if you had seen Juno, Superbad, was like you would extremely know that. disturbing, and I I weeped in Juno. I don't know. Can you? 
can you just 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 watch super bad and if you don't like it then that that'll be that and i will watch midnight run and midnight and, run is a comedy okay all right that's a comedy and we're going to talk about but it it's next also, time when i watch it okay but you also have to watch gladiator all right but you know have to book out 3 hours of your life i'm i, I mean i'm just going through all these comedies of no. which i've never seen any of them and, and and haven't heard of some of them either um midnight in paris i guess is a comedy but he, you know he's having a lot of reflective moments there um 40 year old virgins a comedy mm-hmm. super bad they put a number 6 oh. so there you go yeah yeah, top five quality. Top five comedies rated by IndieWire, Team America, World Police. Never heard of it, and that's exactly what I'm talking okay. about. Those fools. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it. That, 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 yeah, that looks terrible. Well, the Grand like Budapest list. Hotel. Never saw. Well, it. I actually have seen it. I think, but I don't remember. Lost in Translation. Uh, that was depressing and yeah, terrible. That's not a comedy. Yeah. School of Rock was a good movie. That was a good movie, but Sideways. Okay. See that now. This I wouldn't even consider no. Sideways a comedy. Yeah, that's I not a comedy. I, would, I wouldn't to me. consider it a comedy either. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, how is that okay. a comedy? No, it's not, it's not a comedy, but my cousin but Vinny is, one is a damn comedy, okay? Comedies are, I, I, my, my definition of a comedy is way better than anyone else's definition what's of your a comedy. Def- Let's hear it. Slapstick, dumb humor, stir crazy, delirious. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll grant. But you're just saying that, 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 that you don't like that. I, I so want, then you're I defining, no, you're defining it, comedy as okay. something that you don't like, and then you're saying you don't like comedy. I want very minimal substance. Is Parenthood a comedy? Probably haven't seen Parenthood. Parenthood I have with um, uh, White Hair, Steve Martin. Yes, yes, I have seen Is that a comedy? Because um, uh, Grandma is given was, some, some major, major life lessons in that. So I don't consider that a comedy, even though I laugh my ass off in, at times. I think it still can be a comedy. It's probably, okay. Yeah, it's all right, comedy. I'm, all right. I'm, Bad things can happen in comedies. Guys, if you're listening to the podcast, just comment for Karm. Bad things can happen in comedies. They can still be comedies. They can still be more serious. It doesn't have to be slapstick. Okay. All right, Ethan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great to see you. It's, you know, I, I always have fun, Karm. Okay. Uh, we're, final thoughts tonight are, is, is being punted because we just went deep on a comedy and we're way past time. Thanks to Jim Rebant for uh, being on the show tonight. Uh, my, my final thought, actually, I'll give one final thought. Mitchell Trubisky, I hope you end up on another football team and have success because that would be the ultimate condemnation of the Chicago Bears. If that really happened, and I don't think it will, but if it does happen, that would shine a spotlight on an organization in a way that it's never been shined. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Greg Olson was a, was, could have been a great tight end for the Bears forever, but this would be totally different. All right, Ethan, great to see you. Jim, thanks for being on. All your help out there, listening, subscribing, linking, telling people about the podcast. I appreciate it. It comes out every Monday afternoon. Richard Durante helping out as per usual. I appreciate it as well. And we will see you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.